All right, we are live, ladies and gentlemen. It has been a very interesting week for our healthcare experts. President Biden has tapped North Carolina Health Secretary Mandy Cohen, Dr. Mandy Cohen, to lead the CDC. We're going to be taking a look, a close look at her. Also, vaccine expert Dr. Peter Hotez stepped in it recently when he was trying to dunk on joe uh joe rogan on twitter so these so-called health experts they say they're just following the science but how true is that we're going to be talking about all of this and more on episode 403 of the in the tank podcast Right, and we are live. Welcome to the In the Tank podcast. As always, I'm your host, Donald Kendall. Joining me today, I've got Jim Lakely, VP of the Heartland Institute. How are you doing today, good sir? I'm doing just great. I wasn't feeling all physically well all week, as uh, as you guys know, but I'm now right as rain. Everything is uh, a-okay. And uh, if you watch the intro there, you see, um, uh, it's actually, it should, instead of saying your special guest, Justin Haskins, it should say special guest star, like, you know, like the old love boat when they'd put the special guest star, like Telly Savalas in the middle of the, uh, uh, the buoy there. So uh, our special guest star, Justin Haskins, has not yet arrived on set. He's on the call. Wrong there again, Jim. Oh, wrong is. again. There special he is. Guest star, special guest star Justin Haskins has arrived. It's late, which means he's right on time. Yeah, Ju- <laughs> so Justin, uh, you know, for those constant listeners, you'll know that Justin was slated to be on the past two episodes prior to this one, and uh, he did make it. One just a few minutes late, the other one about 45 minutes late. And this one, when I talked yeah. to you beforehand. Uh, you were like, oh yeah, I'll see you in like a half hour, putting you on the show 15 minutes before we hit go. And I was like, oh really? You're coming on early. You're like, yeah, well, two weeks in a row being late, you know, <laughs> like I gotta, I gotta make sure to be there on time and boom, you're here only two minutes late. How are you doing today? Justin Hans? I'm trying not to shock the system, right? <laughs> so, you know, you start off. 45 minutes late, you work your way back. So right. two minutes late. So next week I'll be. I'll hopefully be on time. No, it's every time, every single time I go to sign on, there is a different technological problem mm-hmm. and it's a different problem every time. And if, if, no matter how early, you know, so it's just, I'm still trying to figure it out. We have a new, a new setup here, new camera, new computer, new everything. And everything had to be reinstalled. And there's just, there's always some sort of issue. And no matter sure. how many times I test run it, there's always a problem for some reason at the very last minute. I know. Poor guy. It's able to... uh, It's terrible. uh, You know, really put a stick in the spokes of stuff, but it could also allow some pretty wild stuff uh, to be possible too, but maybe we'll get into that a little bit later. Chris Talgo also joining us, editorial director here at the Heartland Institute. How are you doing today, good sir? Well, the summer of Chris is uh, going well, except for one little one little mishap over the weekend. Oh, um, no. 
I uh, bit down and uh, one of my teeth fell out. So, oh yeah. my <laughs> gosh, falling apart. Bit down yeah, on no. what? Are you eating diamonds? No, I was actually just taking, you know, playing golf with my brother, my dad on Father's Day. Start, you know, on the first tee, took my swing, kind of, you know, you bite down a little bit because you're, you know, producing a lot of force. And guess what happened? My back tooth just popped out. Ah, so, well, at least it's one of those backs. But, but the good news is I did complete the round. Um, that kind of got me off to a shaky start, but we went and had a great Father's Day. We played bags. I went undefeated, and my mom did a great job grilling. So all is well. You, you finished the round. What a hero! What a hero! <laughs> I'm a hero. And as the resident old man on this podcast, I put uh, my get, tooth in a little bag, put it in my golf bag. Yeah, man. Kept going. Kept going. Get, getting <laughs> old. Going. Getting old sucks, Chris. So uh, it's all. Uh, it's all definitely downhill from here. <laughs> you're you're at right. peak. Yeah. You're at peak. Not old yet. <laughs> yep, audio only listeners that are catching the show on a Friday or later, you can join us a day earlier where we are streaming this live on at noon central time on Rumble and Facebook and YouTube and Twitter. You can join the conversation through your comments or questions in the chat. Maybe we'll show your comment on the screen. Maybe we'll address your questions on the fly. We also have that super chat functionality enabled on YouTube if you want to guarantee your comment or question is is uh is read on the air it's a great way to support the show and another way to support the show where you don't have to spend any money is just by hitting that like button sharing this content subscribing if you haven't already or just leaving a comment under the video all these things won't cost you a penny only cost you a couple of seconds but helps break through those big tech algorithms that prevent content like this from being shown to more people so we've got a, a bunch of topics to talk about but before we get into our main topic I want to briefly talk about legal issues that are popping up around our president's son, Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden, business mogul, energy expert, and world-renowned artist, has pled guilty <laughs> to federal tax charges in a settlement agreement that has also addressed his illegal ownership of a firearm. The agreement will keep him from facing any jail time. And I mean, you know, it would be absurd to see a man of such integrity and, and nobility to see the inside of a jail cell. So it's all for the greater good, for sure. But uh, we have a very special guest joining us today to talk about this situation. Father of Hunter Biden and president of the United States, Joe Biden. Joe, thank you for being on with us. Where are you? Oh, there he is. <laughs> there he is. Joe Biden, how are you? Oh, thanks for having me on the show, guys. I'm uh, very excited to be here today. Yeah, fantastic. I'm Justin. I, I totally understand the tech problem, big man. But this this microphone, this computer, this this is the most complicated thing I've probably literally ever done. <laughs> That's Joe. right. <laughs> Joe, how was your morning nap? Yeah. Oh, I mean, it, it, I don't really all of morning and night anymore. The the two, those are abstract <laughs> concepts. It's uh, but I was I was just this morning. I was having some pancakes. I was uh, I was with the kids. I was with Hunter. I was with. Oh uh, wait, never mind. Um, and and we were just we were just enjoying the fact that when you're a Biden in America, I things things are good and it's great to be Joe. <laughs> Joe, right. Joe, Joe, were you were you talking biz with the son? Uh oh. I mean, we're not always talking days. We're trying to get some of that Coke money right now. Uh -huh. nice. I, at least oh. that's what Hunter keeps talking about. Okay. Cool. <laughs> hey, oh, hey, hey, Joe, Joe do, you, do you talk to your son, uh, 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 Hunter, about, uh, yeah, I just I learned the other day that he has to pay now uh, increase, you know, 
significantly less child support to his latest uh, child, that one uh, that he had with a stripper out there somewhere in uh, in flyover country. Um, you know, uh, have you talked to him about that? And, and why don't you have a, uh, um, you know, I, I noticed your Christmas pictures from last year. I didn't see a uh, a stocking up on the on the mantle for the your latest grandchild. What's up with that? Give me a give me a brief moment here. They're just they're getting me some notes on some note cards. I uh, I've been told to stop saying things off the cuff. You know, but yeah, uh, one sec. Okay, so as far as the um, Christmas stocking goes, uh, I've been told that I um I I you know actually I really don't remember on that one. So no comment there. Actually, that that that's gone. <laughs> and, yeah, man, it is tough to get. You. Back of the questions, they just flying. <laughs> yeah, you're. Uh, you got to do them one at a time. Here, I'll show you. So, so Joe Biden, your, your son, he owed hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes. He owned a firearm illegally. These charges together could have landed him in jail for twelve years. Is it surprising to you that he's seemingly getting off with just barely a slap on the wrist? No. Not surprising at all. I mean, the last time Hunter and I were involved in some shenanigans, it was uh, when I called up that Ukrainian uh, government <laughs> official, had that prosecutor fired, and then decided to put, you know, hand them a blank check and putting us into the risk of a nuclear war with a global superpower while throwing my critical opponent in the shack. You think you think this is going to slow Joe down now? <laughs> I'm fine. Uh, yeah, you know, last week we di we we discussed supposed audio recordings held by the FBI that could potentially incriminate you uh, in a bribery scandal that also inv involves your son Hunter. Uh, is that worry you at all that you know these tapes might uh, might kind of land you in some hot water? I I I Jill just tells me to 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 wake up and think about all the good days that I go down to the pool and I, I, I hang out there with all the, the lovely children and, and the kids <laughs> and the, 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 the server pops and we get, we get some smoothies and it's just, it's a good time. Like I don't, I don't, as far as, as far as all the, the <laughs> legal issues mounting, um, Hey, my, my opponent, Donald Trump is a bad man and a bigot. And he is a dangerous person for this country, and and boo me to stop yeah, him. But, but he's save no, America. But he's no corn pop. I mean, we we saw how you dealt with corn pop. Surely, you know, Trump is no, is no issue. Yeah, I think Donald Trump. Donald Trump is is. We'll, let's see what happens to him in the near future. Future here. Um, I'm just I'm looking at your comments here. Uh, Man, eating a pancakes and sniffing the kids. Now that's the one. If I agree with you, John Z, that that sounds like a good time. <laughs> all <It's> right. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyone else have any questions for Joe Biden? It's not often Bye. that we have the president on our stream here. Um, any anyone? Hearing nothing, um, <laughs> I do want to just thank you know Joe Biden for. Uh, we have to have it. about nap time for me anyway. <laughs> Yeah, well, Joe Biden, you know, thanks for coming on again. And, uh, you know, God save the queen. That's right. <laughs> yeah, God God save the queen. I actually, it's funny. We were born back in the 1700s together. So it's, uh, it's been tough seeing her go. But um, uh, you guys had a good show. Thanks for having me on. Uh, love, big fan of, of Pink's. 
Uh, get get feed. I, Davis Tom was ready to help me with the military people. Uh, love the tank, waiter gentlemen. <laughs> All right, that was Joe Biden, President of the United States, joining us, taking our live questions. Uh, pretty wild hey, hey, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, for those for those uh, uh, for the National Security Agency uh, people watching, that was uh, that was AI Joe, which uh, granted is sharper and faster reaction time than real joe but we're just doing what we can to you know help them out right right so we've got technology that's you know enabling us to talk in real time with joe biden um at any any time of the day and week and then it's also stifling justin from being able to be on the show on time so you know technology is is a really fickle thing you know it's it's pretty wild yeah i mean i i think I'm really questioning the whole showing up on time thing. Maybe, maybe I <laughs> maybe was right. Maybe I was right before. Maybe technology was trying. Maybe AI was trying to save me from uh, being on the show. I don't know. Right, yeah, right. May, yeah. Maybe 15 minutes late is your new uh, on time. <laughs> so you can skip these uh, these bits in the beginning of the show. I don't know. <laughs> oh man, this is fantastic, though. I mean. We could have Fauci on next week, uh, maybe the week after that. We could invite on Donald Trump himself, you know, maybe the week after that. We can, you know, whoever you want, bring on well, Hillary Clinton. Two months from now, uh, super producer Andy is just going to replace me entirely with AI. So uh, I know that makes Justin's day, but uh, yeah. seeing Justin smile a little bit, that's always good. My My mother who watches the show all the time says, you know, I like when Justin laughs, but it just happens so infrequently. <laughs> and I said, well, that's normally because you're watching while I'm on with Justin. And, yeah. and I tend to I tend to turn that smile upside down with my comments to Justin. So look, look right now. Look right now. It's just he just can't. He just can't smile. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's your it's almost you, there's a little <laughs> there's a little bit. Oh, it's almost there. There it is. There it is. Nice stuff. Oh, All right. We should get into it. <laughs> we should get into it. There's plenty to talk about. Um, so let's let's jump right in. We got the two stories that comprise our main topic for today. Both revolve around some of our country's biggest supposed experts when it comes to vaccines and pandemic related public policy. So let's start off with Dr. Mandy Cohen, North Carolina Health Secretary. I think Justin knows her well. You used to live in North Carolina who is just selected by President Biden to lead the CDC. Oh, man, we should have kept Joe Biden on. He could have talked about why he picked her. But um, so, you know, she worked in top positions. This uh, Dr. Cohen worked in top positions in the state and federal government. She worked as a chief operating officer at the Centers for Medicaid and Medicare Services, where she helped roll out the Affordable Care Act. So clearly she is well equipped. What's that? That was a huge success, that rollout. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. So she's yeah. well equipped. performed optimally. Yeah. <laughs> it was really easy to sign up. Yeah. Another another instance of technology apparently impeding uh, our goals here. But so she's obviously well equipped to take on the role of CDC director. Um, and that is despite the fact that recently 28 Republican lawmakers signed a letter to Joe Biden calling Cohen, quote, unfit for the position of CDC director. And according to government sponsored media, uh, NPR, she is, quote, an expert in managing people, implementing policy and communications. So, again, she is very well equipped, apparently, for taking on this CDC role. Cohen also appears to rely on input 
from others when deciding public policy in 2020, uh, sorry, 2021, she stated that she based her pandemic policies on recommendations from her, quote, scientific team. So, in fact, we have a video of her talking about the science that went into her decision making while health secretary of North Carolina. Let's go ahead and play clip Mandy one to, to see her insight when it came to crafting public policy. So I would call probably the person I called most was the secretary of health and human services in Massachusetts. She worked for a Republican governor just to, um, but you know, when she was like, are you, are you going to let them have professional um, uh, football? And I was like, nope. And she's like, okay, neither are we, neither are we. Uh, So, so, you know, it was like conversations like that. So, or or I'd be like, so when are you going to think about lightening up a mess? They're like, she's like, next Monday. I'm like, okay, next Monday. (laughs) Isn't this just, you know, This is how science is done, folks. I mean, isn't it fascinating how the scientific method sometimes resembles a phone call between two teen girls gossiping about, uh, you know, what guy they think is cute? That's what science is. You know, it's it's a little too advanced for my little plebe mind to fully grasp. But, you know, it's wonderful to see geniuses at work. So how do you feel, Jim, uh, when you see, you know, the insight into how our rulers decide on public policy that affects our lives? You guys know me pretty well, and it is you know that it's very hard for me to increase the contempt I have for bureaucrats, especially on the federal level. And uh, hearing a clip like that kind of makes my blood boil even more. And it's not even just the the childishness of it; it's just the and this we 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 saw this through the pandemic. We see this a lot by our ruling elite. Um, they are laughing in our faces. They they truly believe that they are the wisest and smartest. And you and me, the rest of us, uh, are are destined. It is our it is our destiny and our duty to just lay back and live under their control and their rule. That um, we should do what they say because they're smarter, they're better. Proof of that is that they're heads of big agencies, like you know the Department of Health and Human Services of North Carolina, and. Just the just the glee, just the glee, the laughing. Hey, are you going to let them have NFL football? Hey, f you. You know you don't let anybody do anything. But this is all through COVID, and I'm getting triggered again. But (laughs) you guys remember well when we started talking about this. Justin and I both kind of shared the idea that this will not last long. The American people will not stand by and have their entire lives ended and put you know put on pause. And be directed on every middle little micro aspect of their lives. We won't stand for it. The American people say to hell with that. There'll be so much pressure. They will relent. And uh, this this emergency will actually be temporary for maybe just a couple of months. And as we see, they really want to continue all of this lockdown stuff even to this day. But to have the anybody who who can talk like that on the phone with another bureaucrat in another state is so power hungry is so unworthy of office that they should be instantly impeached. And this person, Mandy, shouldn't get a single vote. I know she will from every Democrat, but not a single Republican. None should vote if uh, if this position actually, I don't know if CDC is is, is subject to uh, congressional approval or not. I'd have to look that up. But um, there, isn't, there isn't a single Republican who should vote for this person. The contempt with which she holds the American people, you know, let you have NFL football. Oh, uh, are you going to put this face diaper? How, how long are we going to make them wear face diapers? Well, I don't know. Maybe Monday. Oh, yes, Monday. Maybe. We'll talk next week. Maybe we'll go another month. You know, and, and to do all of that, to, to know that's how it went on behind the scenes. And we all knew it. 
We knew it at the time, but to say so was some kind of being some kind of conspiracy theorist or against science. But and for them to present it in our face and to the media, which just went along with it, that they were following the science, that we were just trying to keep you safe. They weren't trying to keep us safe. They were trying to keep us controlled. And these kind of people should be nowhere near positions of power. Yeah, it's like, you know, you have this illusion, or right? maybe the average person does. I don't think any of us do. But you have this illusion that, like, you know, when they're when they're crafting public policy, they're weighing all the pros and cons. Okay, well, if we shut down, you know, certain businesses, a lot of people aren't going to be getting a paycheck anymore. But that's going to outweigh the fact that, uh, you know, less people are going to die, like that type of thing. But it's just like, nope. Oh, we're not going to do it. Oh, you're not fantastic. We're not either. Like that's how decisions are apparently made at some of the highest levels in our country. But uh, Justin, I don't know. What do you think? Is this a as a disqualifying factor as Jim's making it out to be? Oh, uh, well, I mean, it. I guess it depends. Um, I, I think it should be disqualifying, but in reality, you know, it won't be probably because that's the system that we have now. I mean, this is how this is how decisions are made. They're made that, you know, we're, you know, the funny thing is we're always told, you know, you have to trust the experts. Like that's the thing that we hear all the time, trust the experts. But then when the experts show us as we have here, that they're not making decisions based on anything other than just whatever they feel like or whatever they get together and decide to do, then I can't really understand why we're supposed to trust them other than just because they, you know, require that we retrust, we, we trust them. I mean, you know, Jim made a comment that this is, uh, you know, th this is obviously not a scientific way of making decisions and all of that. There's no, no doubt about that. But what's really stunning about this is like, just think about what this doctor is acknowledging, right? She's talking to another person in a comparable position in Massachusetts, right? Now, if you're not from the East Coast, maybe you don't know this, but Massachusetts and North Carolina are not the same or even remotely close to being. I was going to bring place. that up. I'm glad you brought that up. They're wildly different with totally different kinds of people <laughs> right. and totally different, uh, like in terms of urban area and stuff like that. Wildly different. The rules for North Carolina, I've lived in both places, uh, incredibly. So both of these people, during the pandemic, so both of these people at some point were making decisions affecting my life, uh, and and they are completely different places. Like the idea that living in, you know, Fayetteville, North Carolina is comparable to, or or living in some rural part of North, like, or, or even a college town in North Carolina is somehow comparable to living in Boston, right. you know, is like, is the most absurd thing in the universe these are these are not comparable situations at all and especially because if you remember right uh, uh massachusetts in particular was uh facing some uh incredibly difficult covid experiences that that weren't necessarily true with other states mm. boston and new york and some of those places where they have lots of uh, people coming from overseas in the early days of the pandemic, they were hit especially hard in places like North Carolina. We're not, you know why? Cause you don't have lots of people from Asia visiting rural parts of North Carolina. Like that's not something that happens. And so there were all sorts of reasons for why decisions should never be made in this way. But I am thankful for Dr. Cohen because she shows <laughs> That this is just another illustration of how these things are actually done. 
Well, in reality, this is how decisions are made. They are not made by pouring over data and there's these experts and they all get together. It's a phone call, you know, to a friend who, you know, is in the same position and they're just chatting, laughing it up about what sorts of freedoms they're going to take away from us. And then they decide, well, if you're going to let people have freedom on Monday, then I guess I should do. Yeah, and that's exactly. how these decisions are made. Right, like that's exactly. how they're made. It's absurd. <laughs> Let her be in charge of the entire CDC. That's that's yeah. the way to go. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe she's just hears facts, you know, and 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 things about policy, and is immediately able to incorporate them and, and judge them and incorporate them into her policy actions. You know, like maybe maybe that's what's going on. She just hears a good idea and is like, boom, there it is. That's what we're gonna do too. So she's just like a really good judge of good ideas, maybe. In fact, we have another video of her that I think hey, backs hey, that Donnie, up. Donnie, just real quick. I just want to make one brief comment. Okay. Uh, as soon as I heard her <clears throat> comment about let them have football, the thing that immediately entered my mind was Marie Antoinette saying let them eat cake. Because I think that is the exact same mentality of we uh, are above you and we will determine when you can and can do whatever you can and can uh, you know want to do. Oh it's right! Such, it is such a elitist mentality. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt, and and seemingly no sight of the other side of the ledger on any of these decisions that are being made. Uh, but I do want to yeah, play. Hold on, well, just re real quick, one quick thing. Earlier, we talked about the um, whether she needs to be confirmed, so whether Republicans even have any ability to do something on this. So interestingly, um, the CDC director is not required to be confirmed by the Senate, but uh, that has been the position historically. But then in the latest, I think it was the budget legislation, they put a line in that said that CDC Republicans put a line in that said the CDC directors do have to be confirmed by the Senate. But I think that that requirement doesn't take place take effect until a couple years from now. Oh, so awesome. this CDC director will most likely not have to be confirmed. There are Republicans who are introducing legislation to change that, mm. that would require this CDC director in particular to adhere to, but obviously that would have to get through the Senate. So that's probably not going to happen. Gotcha. Gotcha. Research on the fly. All right, go ahead yeah. play Mandy clip two. I, I, I've set it up twice. What already. we heard from the CDC last week um, was even better news than we had heard before, right? We had heard that vaccines protect you from getting COVID. I think the new piece of information for us was now we really have more definitive data to show that you, it also prevents you from giving COVID to others. And that's really when the masks come in, right? Is a mask were about protecting you from giving COVID to others, even if you don't know you have it. And the fact that the CDC was so confident to say, now we know that these vaccines not only protect you as an individual, it protects you from giving it to others. I think that's why we were able to move forward more quickly. There you go. Yeah, trust there you go. So, so, <laughs> she's, she's able to just hear facts on the fly and immediately Literally. incorporate them into her policy actions. She heard the definitive data showing that vaccines prevent you from giving COVID to others. Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry, I'm getting an update. Oh, apparently that wasn't the case. Whoops. Oh, shucks. Doesn't she have egg on her face? I'm sure she apologized for that <laughs> slip up in a later interview. But uh, but surely when she's the head of the CDC, she'll get to the bottom of that problem. What do you think about uh, good old Dr. Mandy Conan? How many incorrect statements did she have in that one 
how, like how many one how many interview? Statements, yeah, how many statements did she make? I think every one of them was wrong. Yeah, she's O for whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, Chris, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think about uh, first first glimpses at Dr. Mandy Cohen? Do you have high hopes for her, CDC director? No, I don't. Uh, first, first, I, I would want to know when that interview was made because if it was made, you know, after we had indisputable evidence that the uh, so-called vaccine, because it's not a vaccine, because vaccines uh, provide immunity and these don't provide immunity. So if she said this, you know, at the very early stages uh, when the vaccine was coming out and people actually thought that, okay, I'll give her maybe a slight pass. Although I still uh, take umbrage with her comment about masks because we knew before the pandemic that these uh, masks that they were forcing us to wear had uh, zero uh, chance of not allowing COVID to pass through them. But uh, if she actually made those comments after all the data did start coming out, uh, you know, three or four months after the uh, vaccine rollout, that actually they do not do what they were intended and uh, told that we uh, that they would do. Well, then she's just flat out lying. And if she's flat out lying, then I think that she is, you know, not she should not be eligible for this office. Chris, that so. statement was made in June of 2021. I'm looking looking Ooh. back at the clip that. Uh, hey, that's doesn't that doesn't bode well for her uh, for her vote from, well, uh, from it, me. You know, it's it's I don't know. I'm not as forgiving because I feel like if we were making the opposite statements around that period of time, our channel wouldn't even be allowed to be on YouTube. Right. Uh, right. But all I was doing was giving her the benefit of the doubt. But now that Jim, you know, has uh, verified that those statements were made well into the summer, at, at which point we knew without a shadow of a doubt that the vaccines were not performing as intended. And that masks, because we knew that uh, studies showed, and I've written extensively about this, that this uh, that the masks that they were forcing us to wear uh, did not prevent transmission uh, from you know one person to another. Well, then she's lying through her teeth, and if she's lying through her teeth on that, then it makes me wonder what else is she lying about? What else is she willing <laughs> to lie about? And then she just loses all credibility. And I think one of the most important elements of someone who's in charge of the uh, you know. Uh, uh, institution like the CDC, you have to have credibility. And I think that Dr. Fauci uh, early on lost his credibility with the American people. And that was one of the reasons, you know, why he became such a lightning rod throughout this debate. And I think Michelle Walensky, same thing. Uh, you know, we've seen some of the emails that came out where she was uh, working behind the scenes with, uh, you know, the teachers unions, but telling us that she wasn't. So once you lie to the American people, I think that you've just lost all uh, credibility that you possess in the first place. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like for your average person to just have faith in the institutions and that's, you know, all these pe things that are set up to do the job that they're set up to do, that they know what they're doing and the people that are in at, at the highest levels know what they're doing. I, I think it's easy <clears throat> to, to, you know, be naive enough to kind of think that, you know, but it's just like when you're just watching just those couple of clips and there's a few more clips too out there that we didn't get ready for this podcast, but just kind of shows that like, you know, is she really the, the, the most competent person to be in charge of the entire CDC and all of that? Like, no, she's just there because it's uh, the political connections and all of that. And they just decided to put her in probably more as a figurehead than anything. Well, 
Tanya, Tanya, but that's that that's a pattern that I've actually seen emerge throughout the Biden administration. I don't want to like monopolize no, no, too much, I, too much I, I time wanna, here. I want to hear. But, I want to hear but, Justin but, defend the institution. Well, just 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 one quick thing. The uh, the person that Joe Biden uh, you know put in charge of uh, you know our you know our transportation sector, he's not an expert on transportation. The no person way. That he put in charge of our energy. Is. Jennifer Granholm is not an you know energy expert. By uh, don't ask Justin about that. Go so ahead. I'm, Justin. I'm just saying that this is part. <laughs> I want you to defend all of these people, Justin. Start with Buttigieg. <laughs> Starting with Mayor Pete. First of all, how hard could it possibly be to be transportation sector? What do you What do you need to be a former bus driver to do that or something? I'm sure that anyone off the street could do that job. Yeah, Mayor of South. Look, look, I think that um, I think if you look at if you look at uh, Dr. Cohen's background, what you see is that she she is you know as qualified as as a person could be on paper to do this. I think really the issue is not, is not so much qualify. Well, I guess it depends on what you mean by qualification, right? See, part of the problem that we have, generally speaking, just across the board, not just on healthcare related things, but on everything else is that the people who are being trained, uh, to, to take these kinds of positions, the people who are being educated at Harvard and, you know, those kinds of places and, and, and at state institutions too, frankly, a lot of them, um, you know, they are, they are taught to, uh, be experts in a certain way, but also to just sort of listen to, you know, to, to sort of listen to the institutions, to trust the institutions and this whole culture has been created amongst the administrative class and amongst elites that they can all trust each other. And if they happen to get it wrong, then, you know, oh, well, they're still the most competent people. What are we going to let regular people make decisions? Like they obviously can't do it. Uh -huh. And so it's this, you know, it's like who would be more qualified? I, the, what we want no, for someone right. to be more qualified, what we want is for someone who's independent minded. Like how that's about my, how about my local that. position? I bet I guarantee you my local position would be so much better in terms of handling the CDC's but, responsibilities. Well, no, no, than no, this, no, this, person. this, this not goal, necessarily. No, this, a lot oh, of I, the local physicians I, I, are, are going to agree with the CDC too. Like, I, I think you don't know my local position. No, no, no. Well, I, think I don't, but a lot of more, them philosophical level where it comes to like that nobody should be in a position where they're dictating this this type of public policy for this amount of people whereas chris is talking about how his local physician is only kind of making decisions for a very small amount of people so i think i think you're stumbling upon something that nobody <laughs> is qualified enough you, to be in some of these positions your, your your doctor is making a decision based on the smallest number of people exactly you as an individual <laughs> He, he or she, your doctor actually knows what your health needs might be. And the thing that's so infuriating about many things about this entire thing and the whole COVID regime um, is not just the arrogance and just the flippancy with which they shut down. Uh, you know, uh, I was going to bring up later, you know, they shut down all the schools and Randy Weingarten, teachers union president, emailed uh, Walensky, who was currently, you know, I guess she's still in position in the CDC. She's retiring and Mandy is supposed to replace her. Um, you know, they had correspondence saying, and she, and she set her CDC scientific guidelines based on what the teachers union president told her to say. Yeah, and so, you know, the, the, the credibility of our institutions is to, to link it to current events is the Titanic on the bottom of the ocean. And there's no getting that thing back up, man. It's down there forever. Well, there is a large is percentage relative. of people. 
Yeah, but there's a large percentage of people in this country who will never believe our institutions, including Correct. our public health institutions, again. And why? Because they sunk their own ship. They destroyed their credibility. They, uh, you, they were impervious to facts. If you told them, look, kids, kids dying to this, more kids die from flu than die from COVID. They have statistically zero risk of death from this. We can't be shutting down schools and making them wear masks and, and stunting their, their academic uh, advancement over this. CDC didn't care and all these other totalitarians didn't care. What they cared about was control. And so it doesn't matter if they put, um, you know, Dr. Drew Pinsky or some doctor that everybody kind of likes in that position. It is too late. There, People should not trust these institutions until they demonstrate over a continual period mm. of time the ability to be trusted again by oh. not by not dismissing anybody who disagrees with I, them as a crank, not not trying to rig our social media systems as a way to silence everybody who just has questions about the way things are going. And until those things happen, it doesn't matter who you put in this in these positions of power. I'm not going to listen to what they have to say. I'm going to resist. And I will think rightly that they are lying to me because they spent the last three years lying to us about how deadly the disease was, the efficacy of, of vaccines, which are actually therapeutics, the, the use of masks, six feet of distancing, all of this stuff, <clears throat> all of it. They lied about it for three years. Jim, so they have a remember, long way to go, Jim, long, long Jim, way to go. Do you remember when the CDC said it was okay to go protest uh, you know, yeah. for racial equality? Because somehow, some way, COVID actually... Uh, there was there was a force field around those protests and force and uh, COVID-19 could not penetrate it. So or, so so not only are they politicized, not only do they not follow their own rules, because I remember many times where Dr. Fauci was out and about without his mask on early in the pandemic. But but we had to wear our masks no matter what. Dr. Fauci also told us we couldn't have uh, you know family members over for holidays. However, he was celebrating you know holidays with his family. So not only is it the lies, but it's also the hypocrisy and the double standards and the you know the 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 blatant do as I say, not as I do that has wait. made me lost all. Wait, wait, wait. Before these... before Justin comes in and defends the CDC <laughs> again, um, I I, I want to point out. Even some of the public policy that they recommended that just like completely runs counter to just common sense, like uh, the idea of like installing curfews, because making sure that everyone goes out to the stores during periods uh, between, you know, uh, you know, noon and five o'clock in the evening or makes so down, much more sense. Shutting down small businesses, but letting Walmart, Target and, you know, Home Depot remain open. It's just it was so arbitrary. It was it was all about them picking winners and losers and and, you know, exercising their, you know, their control and you know what the american people saw through that and i hope that no they uh, did we, no no some, they didn't some they of them went, did i think i think did, i think a lot of people did. did those that did weren't allowed to talk about it because they were shut down on social media and youtube the majority of people went along with it because they were scared they were scared to death by their own government by by pumping propaganda i also think a lot of people went along with it because they were scared to speak out and deal with the consequences that came with that because i mean obviously this is anecdotal but a lot of the people like in my just like realm of like you know, people that I associate with, a lot of times they would tell me, like, I actually don't believe in this stuff. I don't believe masks do anything. I don't want to get the vaccine, but they did it just to, you know, go along to get along. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right, I mean, so I, go I, ahead. I, Defend the CDC. Justin. Because because ahead. because they make our lives so difficult to, <laughs> you know, to live without I, abiding by their rules. So it's like I, we kind of have to to some degree. Right. I, I, I was not trying to defend the CDC. What I was doing, what I was trying to say is that there is 
there's this fallacy, I think, that exists to some extent. It is leaving, it is actually disappearing, finally, I think, from at least the right. But you you see glimpses of it every once in a while. Where um and and, and I and I think one of those fallacies is like if we just had, the, and this goes to your point, Donnie, I think this is, I agree with you on this. If we just had the right person who is, is in charge, you know, then it would have worked out better. And it's like, no, it wouldn't have. It, it may have worked out better relative to how it worked out, but it still would not have been, right. it still wouldn't have been very good. It never is. My, my, like my go-to thing is like, show me one institution, any kind of federal institution that hasn't been corrupted. They've all been corrupted and they'll always be corrupted. And there is no way to design it so that they won't become corrupted because that's the whole point. When you centralize the power like that, it inevitably becomes bureaucratic and corrupt and wasteful and everything else. And so I actually think that is the point. What I was trying to say is when you're, when you look at Mandy Cohen, you're like, well, she's not qualified. Well, I mean, who is who is qualified there? She is as qualified as anyone could be to do that job. The point is the job in and of itself sure. is always going to result in varying degrees of problems. You know, and you that's know the way it always goes. And that's actually wh- how elites sleep at night when they make all these mistakes is they say, well, you know, you know, it, it's it's like nobody's perfect and we did our very best and we tried our hardest. It's like, yeah, but you shouldn't have been making those decisions. You like, know, that's the point here. here, here I'm going to I'm going to leave it at this, um, that I think it's probably better that we have somebody like Dr. Mandy Cohen in charge of the CDC, assuming Joe, Joe Biden is making the choice, as opposed to some just like you know, a professor that you've never heard of that seemingly has no blemishes on his record when it comes to putting her foot in her mouth or anything like this. Because now when Dr. Mandy Cohen comes out and says something, we could all be like, remember those clips of her? Maybe we shouldn't take her too seriously. As opposed to somebody that's, you know, some unknown name that seems like they know what they're talking about. Yeah. In in a way, well, well, just real quick. In a way, I think the, the lack of trust that yes. has occurred, okay, that, that Jim alluded to and Chris alluded to, and I think there is truth in that. I don't think a majority of Americans necessarily, but a ton, millions and millions and mil- millions of people no longer trust all these institutions. I actually think they should never have trusted them, that it's a good thing that they don't trust them now, and that they were always doing this kind of crap before. They've always been doing this for as long as we've had a powerful central government. They have been doing this. The difference is we didn't have YouTube so that we could pull up clips of Mandy Cohen talking years ago and say, look at how wrong she was. We would have had to rely on the New York Times to dig that up and report it to us. Right. Or the evening news or whatever. Or before that radio broadcast like the uh, elites have always been doing this kind of thing. The difference is now we actually find out about it. Regular people can now learn about these things and talk about them. And we can have a show like this when in the past, none of that was possible. So the lack of trust is not like, well, I think there's this idea that, well, our institutions are becoming, they're becoming, you know, just less trustworthy when in reality they were never trustworthy. 
we just are learning that we're right, figuring right. that out. It's like a spouse that's been cheating on you for 20 years and you're just <laughs> figuring it out now. It's not that they were ever a good spouse. It's just now you're learning that they were not a good spouse. Sure. And I, I, I somewhat, I somewhat disagree with that because I think that they have been politicized in recent years. And I'll look at the FBI as a great example. The FBI for you know most of its, you know, t existence has been a pretty fair and balanced, you know, no, it I mean, Donnie, I, I, I disagree. And the left, Chris, the left would be the first ones to it. They, I mean, they were, they were spying on I'm people. I'm not saying that they the FBI, I'm, not saying, that, they I'm doing... not saying that the FBI was perfect by That's any That's Martin means. Luther King, what he thinks about I'm, how no, great I'm they not, were. I'm not saying that they were was like a means. monster. However, however, what I'm saying is that in recent years, I think that these institutions have grown, and Justin, I agree with your point, as they have grown more powerful, they have actually, you know, uh, become more politicized. And when, when, when their scope of things that they had, you know, like purview over was smaller. They didn't have the ability to be as politicized, but as we've given them more, like why was the CDC having anything to do with uh, whether, you know, people should be paying rent during the pandemic. Like that oh, is sure. so outside their, you know, their purviews, but, but yeah, I, I, so I, so I'm agreeing with you, but then I'm also saying, I think, you know, years and years ago, back when we actually did have a more virtuous, you know, society, more virtuous leaders that some of these institutions, uh, you know, we're not. I'm sure had more virtuous leaders. I, I'm sure that there's the elements of both of this. You know, that it's just more the I transparency. I, I don't think it's. I don't. I don't think it's one or the other necessarily. But I, yeah, but, I, but, but I absolutely agree with Justin's. You know, premise that as we've given these, you know, these these uh, departments uh, more power, obviously they're going to be more politicized. Sure. Um, all right. We're probably going to go long, folks, so buckle up a little bit here, because the next health expert that I want to talk about is Dr. Peter Hotez. Dr. Hotez is a scientist, a pediatrician, a professor of pediatrics and molecular biology and microbiology at Baylor College of Medicine, and one of the creepiest looking human beings that I've ever had the misfortune of laying eyes on. <laughs> he is considered a vaccine expert who has featured numerous times on CNN and MSNBC since the pandemic has started. This guy has been uh, turning up in headlines as of late because of his Twitter spat with Joe Rogan, and we'll get to that. But he actually popped up on my radar a couple of days prior to that when Jim shared a video of Dr. Hotez suggesting uh, this is, you know, Jim shared it, suggesting that Dr. Hotez was being considered as CDC director. We know now that that wasn't the case or whatever. I don't know. But um Regardless, this man is is considered a vaccine expert. He is, at the very least, helping shape public opinion on these important issues. So I think that we should play a video that Jim shared. It's a bit long. It's a mashup of numerous TV stops, uh, spots that uh, Hotez has done over the course of the vaccine rollout. And the creator of the video took some liberties with it. Uh, adding in some funny infomercial interludes. Uh, viewers will see this, but I'm just pointing that out for the audio-only listeners for when we start playing this. So let's play the clip. It's a bit long. It's like four minutes long, but uh, there's a numerous things in it that I want to talk about. So let's go ahead and play Hotez 1. One of the things that we're not hearing a lot about is the unique potential safety problem of coronavirus vaccines. And then something changed. Any vaccine released by emergency use authorization by the FDA is an outstanding uh, vaccine. J&J's vaccine has a risk of life-threatening blood clots. When you hear the beep, 
That's the sound of safety. So don't overthink it. Uh, they're they're both really good. Vac- they're all really good vaccines. Get vaccinated now. You got to call now. If you wait, uh, it's going to be really too late to protect your child. If this was your child, what happens next could make it the worst day of your life. So even though COVID poses zero threat to healthy children. Vaccinate your children. Do the right thing. Be safe and not sorry. I'm strongly recommending for adolescents to get their two doses of vaccine and fully immunized after those two doses. Advanced technology that can help save lives. This is going to be a long-lasting vaccine. A long-lasting vaccine. A few moments later. We're seeing that two doses is not holding up well for emergency room visits. It's not holding up well for hospitalizations. Here we go again. Everyone's going to need a booster. You need that third immunization. Triple the amount. Get that third immunization. The two mRNA vaccines were always a three-dose vaccine. The two mRNA vaccines were always a three-dose vaccine. We've, I've always said this is a three-dose vaccine. We've, I've always said this is a three-dose vaccine. This is a three-dose vaccine. But I'm not done yet. That third immunization. The problem is it's not holding up. So <laughs> we may have to look at sort of innovative solutions. Oh, God, not this again. A fourth immunization, oh just just to keep them to keep them going, to keep the country uh, going. We have to consider some out of the box things. A fourth immunization, fourth, a fourth immunization. Get that second boost, a second boost to keep the country uh, going. I've made that recommendation. A fourth immunization, but I'm still not done. The most important message that I have this morning is get your new bivalent booster. Uh, Willie and Lise were saying they got their booster, and I was like, oh, I need to get mine. And then I found out they they're talking about the third shot. Mm-hmm. And is that the bivalent or is it the fourth booster or does it matter? Like, Don't worry so much about the number of... There's no wrong way to use it. <laughs> you have to get it. This new bivalent booster... You can double or triple stack them. The new bivalent one is, is doing a much better job. You, you have to get, get a booster. booster. Yeah. You need to get this new bivalent booster. A bivalent booster for COVID. But does everyone ages 12 and older need a booster? The answer is yes. And by the way... If you're over 50 and have gotten two boosters and more than four, two or th- two to four <laughs> months out, you're going to need a third booster as well, a fifth <laughs> immunization. Five. It looks as though the boosters are not holding up quite as well as we'd like. Um, and, and, and I think our think, thinking is going to change and that what's going to happen happen is every you know f- few months we may need another booster uh, uh, uh. <laughs> results right. each and every right. time go ahead and, go ahead and stop that but yeah so it's uh you know this this was always this is always going to be a, a three shot thing oh you know this is always going to be a four shot thing oh and you know what it's going to need to be five shots actually Let's do yearly boosters. Actually, you know what? Every couple of months, <laughs> it's like by the end of it, I don't know if there was just some creative camera work going on there, but he was all like pale. And at one point he blinks with one eye. I'm like, all right, lay <laughs> off the boosters, dude. <laughs> a little too many. You're overly boosted. But uh, Jim, you brought that video to my attention. So I'll let you comment on anything that you saw fit there. 
Well, there's there's actually more to it. There's, it goes on for another couple of minutes. And, and the, the ending of the video just shows how the media was so sycophantic in its praise of him saying that he's thank you for what, what you know, it's just, it just goes on. It's like, thank you for saving the world. Uh, you've saved so many lives. Like you're so important. You're a, a, a blessing to the, to humanity. Oh my gosh. And the, as you, as you see there, and that's from uh, racket uh, that's from an outfit called racket. I think it's racket.news. So definitely check that out. Fantastic video and very funny with my man, Billy Mays from Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. who is uh, <laughs> featured in there for a lot of great humor. But, uh, what it really points out is like, so, so yeah, so Dr. Peter Hotez here, um, you know, to bring it back to the Joe Rogan uh, kerfuffle is that Joe Rogan had RF Kennedy Jr. on uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. on his podcast the other day. And of course, RFK Jr. is a notorious anti-vaxxer, not just for COVID, but like he thinks all vaccines are poison. And so I think that's, that's a little kooky, but you know, Joe Rogan has a lot of people with interesting, uh, <laughs> interesting and alternative ideas about the world on his podcast. And it's always very interesting listening. Uh, and Peter Hotez took shots from outside and said, uh, you know, you shouldn't have had this guy on. He's spreading misinformation and all this stuff. And Joe Rogan said, you know, hey, I'll tell you what, I'll give you $100,000 to the charity of your choice if you just come on and debate him. No time limits. You can just destroy him in front of millions of people because literally millions of people every week listen to his podcast. And Hotez refused, saying, I don't go on and, and talk. You know, I'm a scientist. I'm a scientist. I don't talk to kooks. So this scientist, again, was assuring people, viewers of MSNBC and CNN, which includes uh, Chris, obviously, but not me. I don't watch those networks, um, (laughs) telling them over a course of years that, you know, you need the one shot, the two shot, the three shot, the four, the fifth, the bivalent and all this stuff. And it's like uh, you would think somebody that wrong about the efficacy of these vaccines and so demonstrably wrong would have just a smidge of humility about uh, about this subject. But nope. Nope. Like everybody else, uh, you know, on, on, on that side. And, you know, he would make a perfect government bureaucrat. So if, if Mandy uh, Cohen uh, craps out, Peter Hotez should be next, uh, should be on deck to take that position well, because he is imminently qualified by how wrong he has been about vaccines for like three years. Well, interestingly, uh, Mr. Dr. Hotez did appear on Joe Rogan's podcast during the pandemic. That's and right, I, he did. I, I saw uh, some clips from that. Mm. And not only was he adamantly defending the vaccine as the you know panacea for the pandemic, which obviously it wasn't, but Joe Rogan asked him some actually some really interesting questions. And he said, you know, obviously for Dr. Hotez, you know, you don't look like you're the healthiest man in the world. Uh, so <laughs> what's, what's, what's your diet like? And Dr. Hotez literally calls, I'm a junk foodaholic. And, you know, Joe Rogan was not trying to, you know, Joe Joe Rogan was not trying to, you know, like, like, you know, make fun of him by any stretch of the imagination. He was saying, excuse me, but we we do know that, you know, during the pandemic, it's very important that you, you know, have a healthy weight and a healthy diet and a healthy lifestyle. But uh, Mr. Hotez just completely dismissed all of those things. And he was just all in on the uh, vaccine as the only way to, you know, stop the spread of a you know, COVID. And he actually, you know, was, was, you know, dismissing the fact that they um, shut down gyms and they made it impossible for people to go running outside in Chicago and blah, blah, blah. So that just makes me, you know, going back to our original thing about credibility, that guy has zero credibility because if that guy was really, was really interested in helping save people's lives, here's what he would have done. He would have said, I'm not the best example of this, but I really think all the American people should go out, get exercise, you know, uh, work out, you know, eat well, you know, make sure that you're getting, you know, fresh air. But no, he didn't do that. He was just a shill for the good old pharmaceutical companies. And I'm sure that if you really mm-hmm. find, if you really dig deep, he probably made a lot of money from them. So yeah, well, just, the money. 
I, I think that there's like a common through line out of all the videos that we played where these so-called experts just seem to be making it up as they go along. You know, like that guy was was talking with just as much, uh, um, you know, like like a self-imposed credibility, just as much confidence, I guess I should say, when he was recommending the five vaccines as he was when he was recommending the two. So it's just like, are all these people just making it up as they go along? Because that's what it seems like to me. Yeah, well, I think that they're they're not, you know, I, I think it's one of these deals where if you're put in a position where you're expected to answer the question. Of, Which I'm putting you on the spot right now. Go ahead. Right. And you're you're expected <laughs> to answer the question, uh-huh. then you have to answer the question, right? You have to give a firm you can't say, well, I don't know. Like yeah. that's not an option for that guy. And th- and that's and that's the point. Like that God, goes back to imagine, what you were saying before. Could you imagine like, if he was like, well, you know, be honest. the last couple of months that I've been on the show, you know, I was pretty confident in two right. was gonna be the answer, and then three right. and then four. Can you imagine so... that? But that's but that's the thing, right? Like <laughs> honestly, it, hard... it would be so refreshing. It would be so refreshing if they actually did that. Of course, but these people are egomaniacs and they're never going to do that. And the whole reason they're in that position is so that they will do this. They're putting people in positions where their job is, yes, tell us, tell us, you're the expert. Tell us what the answer is. There must be, sometimes there isn't a clear answer and people should just kind of, often there isn't. And people should just kind of make their own decisions. That's, that's a, that's like a classic sort of free market libertarian you know uh idea here is like there is not it's not always obvious but we figure it out over time and see so that's why it's not good to have a centralized authority saying everyone must do this one thing right because if that one thing is the wrong thing then if everyone actually did it we wouldn't even know if it was the wrong thing you know maybe the alternative would have been worse how can we know but if everybody is doing what they think is best based on the information they have we will come over time to the right answer like that will happen and and right. this is but this is not the way the federal government does anything the way they do it is the cdc says this is the right answer. Therefore, everyone must listen to the CDC. And if the CDC is wrong, well, then they have to give us a new answer. Well, we were, you know, I, I thought it was going to be this way, but, you know, this is the right answer now. And there always has to be, that's the, that's the whole point of the expert class. Why do we need the expert class if they don't know the answers? And that's, so that's, they have to give us an answer. So this whole thing is just like, on the one hand, I have no sympathy for this guy. I, I just have no sympathy for him. But However, if you're put in that position where your whole job is to give people an answer, a definitive answer, and you're the expert and you've bought into this idea that experts make the decisions and we everyone else has to listen to them, then there's got to be a, there's got to be an answer that comes out of that guy. And so it's it's the system in in a, in a lot in a lot of ways. The system is broken. I, I if this guy had been uh, just for whatever reason was not the guy picked and somebody else had been picked. Do you really think that person would have been much better or some other person? Maybe they would have been a little better, but could they have been much better? Would this whole thing have been different if just Dr. Hotez wasn't in his position, you know? No, it would have been bad. It would have always been bad. That's wouldn't have been able to make, wouldn't have been able to make as great as a video though if they had different <laughs> guests on but, 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 but here's the difference he doesn't have any qualifiers hey i'm not exactly sure but this is what i think and you know yeah. what I, I i see a straight line between this and climate change it's like we are certain 
we are certain. And if you disagree with us, you're crazy. Yeah. No, actually, you know what? A lot of these things we don't know. The the data is conflicting. You know, there are well, many that, many factors to consider. I mean yeah. that that brings up that brings up uh, another point. I, I was gonna. Jim already mentioned the the challenge by Joe Rogan. If this guy that I had on my show was so crazy, then just come on and debate him. You know, I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars for whatever charity of your choice or something like that. It's, it's gone up to two. Pe- people have chipped in. I think it's up to more than two million now. You yeah, still won't do it. Right, exactly. And and it's just like and and you know, his reasoning, as Jim said, was like, you know, well, I'm a scientist, I don't argue with nut jobs or whatever. And it's just like, why is there an increasing amount of things that are not able to be debated anymore? Like it felt like it was just climate change for a while. Right. Was like, oh, the transgenderism in that bucket too. Or a whole bunch of different things. Right. Like That's nothing could be debated anymore. Anything vaccine related or public policy related in, in terms of COVID, climate change. You mentioned trans transgender stuff. Like we can't have debates about these things anymore. And it's like why 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 can't we have debates anymore? Like why why is that increasingly because, because, becoming because a the thing? one side is very intolerant and thinks that they have the moral high ground and think that they have all the answers. But and like, that that but but you know what? That that's that's their you know their Achilles heel because we know that we don't have all the answers. We know that things happen that we can't <laughs> explain. We know that there are so many factors that come into play for something as complicated and complex as the weather, let alone a you know a virus. So it's just what what shocks me is how self-assured they are with their, you know, with their answers when, you know what, it would be much, much better for them to say, you know what, we're not 100% sure this is what we think, but they can't do that. The, the left, the liberals and the left were all for uh, free debate uh, for most of our lifetimes. And now, but now they're in control of everything. And so now the debate has to stop. So they were all for asking questions and challenging yeah, right. authority until they were the authority. And now you're not allowed to do it anymore. But like just on this, you know, I mentioned that thing before, and I think Justin also alluded to it was just, you know, I don't need an infallible um, bureaucracy. I need one with a even a smidge smidge of humility about their ability and their knowledge. And we just don't have that. And I think the more powerful you get, the more power that is given to you, the more uh, more it corrupts your brain. And makes you think that you actually are the science. Uh, Anthony Fauci's famous famous quote: "I am the science." Uh, if if that's your mindset, you should be kicked out of office right away. Yeah, and I, you should be shipped off I, at you to a loony bin asked- until they straighten your your stupid brain out. But like, look, just even on these on these vaccines and and on COVID, people said from the beginning, you know, like, well, what about natural immunity for every other disease in the history of humanity? If I got it then I had at least a pretty good measure of immunity against getting it again. The authority says, no, that doesn't count. You have to get the shot anyway. No, no, uh, you know, less in authority than I just looked this up this morning. NBC News, uh, a story from February of 2023. Immunity acquired from a COVID infection is as protective as vaccination against severe illness and death study finds. If you said that on Twitter or on television or anywhere, uh, you were silenced. You were called a kook and a crank. And so, yeah, there needs to be a debate. And the main reason there needs to be a debate about these things is that the authoritarian side has been wrong about almost every single important aspect of COVID. All of it, from masks to vaccine efficiency or uh, efficacy, I should say, to the role of natural immunity, all of that. You can't sit around now and say, I don't want to debate anymore after you've been proven wrong. On everything. That's when you need to debate. And that's exactly why but, they but, won't debate yeah, right. because no, this Jim. will all be thrown in their faces. That's why that's why Peter Hotez doesn't want to go on 
uh, Joe Rogan. It's not because he's scared of, of Robert Kennedy Jr. It's because he's scared of Joe Rogan. Sure. Joe Rogan knows more about this topic probably than even RFK Jr. does. And he would destroy him just by, and not, you know, intentionally or, or in a mean way, but merely by asking questions. You, you could ask a legitimate question. Why didn't you allow the argument that natural immunity is a thing for COVID like it is for every other virus? They don't want to answer I, that question because the I answer think, to that question is because we wanted to control you and tell you what to do. And they don't want to actually say that out loud. That's the thing. It demonstrates how like precarious their position is because they know it's so fraught with so many lies and falsehoods. And I experienced this during the, you know, heyday of the pandemic where I would go and cite, you know, all these like data, you know, sources to say, actually, you're wrong. And I got into a lot of, you know, debates and slash arguments. And one of the things that I always noticed was after you just confront them with the facts, they resort to ad hominem attacks and just say, well, you want to kill people. So really, that just is a genuine uh, example that when it comes to having a good articulation of the facts, they don't have it. They don't have one. So that's why they resort to these kind of things and they resort to ad hominem attacks on anyone who has a different position than they do. Yeah, I wonder if there's like a psychology uh, to this like authoritarianism thread that kind of runs through this like we're always right and we can't even be questioned, where if you do show like a little bit of you know, doubt or, or uh, open mind or anything like that to any of your positions, then it leaves the door open to somebody else who is 100% confident to, you know, take over that role or something like that, where it's like, real quick, it's like, you know, if I'm like 99% sure that the answer to this question is a, but then over here, right next to me is a guy saying, well, I'm 100% sure that the answer is B. Well, then the person that's standing there looking at both of us is like, well, I'm going to go with that guy because he's 100 percent sure you're just 99 <laughs> percent. Know? So it's like there's I think there might be a psychology to this where it's just like we have to put up this illusion that we are infallible. Oh, I was also going to say, I think, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we did a um, an episode about, uh, you know, climate change cult. And I think that that can also be readily applied to COVID-19 and transgenderism because these people are insulated. They're putting their head in the sand. They're insulated from facts, from reality, and they just are living in their echo chamber bubble. And as soon as you pierce that bubble, like I did with a couple of people, they just want not, they don't want to hear it. And then they just automatically, you know, go into attack mode on you. Well, it's so like they're that, not, they're not prepared for those alt, alternate, uh, you know, right. And you, points maybe, something. maybe that's because they've grown up in a society and, you know, economic environment in which they have been so coddled and, you know, maybe they went to liberal, you know, universities where they said, Oh, you can, you know, trigger warnings and you can't, you can't, you know, have, we can't have a debate. We can't have an intellectual debate anymore. So, so we have think, so many things that are just off limits and COVID-19 and climate change and transgenderism are just three of those examples. But I think it's just going to get keep expanding and growing and growing. We're, we're five like minutes tax long. Cuts, tax cuts are, you know, yeah, you can't right. debate those. Yeah. The, the debate's over when it comes to minimum yeah. wage. It's got to be $45. Yeah, exactly. Justin, you've been quiet for a little bit. We're already five minutes long. So I want to give you an opportunity to. Yeah. So, speak so your mind, a, couple, sir. a couple things is I, I think that. The issue fundamentally is once you start, you're put into to a position as an expert, you have to give an expert opinion. Once you start getting those opinions wrong, there really is, and you're and you're being criticized for it by the opposition, you know, politically and ideologically, there actually is no incentive for you to admit that you've been getting things wrong. Because the more you admit that you're getting things wrong, 
the more the opposition side is going to say, yeah, and this is why they shouldn't be in power. And this is why they should be thrown out. And see, even they admit that they're wrong. See, sure. so we've been right all along. And so you're, you are always better off in a position like that to as reassert your authority over and over and over again, never to admit that you're wrong, always to admit that, um, you know, that we're sure to be confident and to keep going forward. And, you're never better off letting the other side take a victory because that's the honest thing to do, you sure. know, or the more, or hum, that's humility. That doesn't make sense logically from a person in a, who's an expert in a position of power, which is, which again, it's like, that's the whole point. If you have a situation, if you have a system where you have experts, however, however knowledgeable they may be, in positions where they're definitively making decisions for everybody else, then you've created a system where human nature will ensure that almost everyone put in that position will eventually be wrong and will eventually deny that they were wrong and eventually will march forward. And then everybody who's on their side ideologically and politically will come to their defense because it makes sense for them to continue to defend you know, one of their own and you'll end up in this position where none of these things matter. That is, this is like the classic example of why it really doesn't matter who the expert is, how knowledgeable they are, how great they are. It really doesn't matter. Sure. What matters is having the centralization in the first place, right? If you didn't have the centralization in the first place and this person wasn't in a position where they had to make this kind of definitive decision then you would never have to worry about reasserting your authority and just lying to people or ignoring facts or whatever because you're not you don't have one person making those choices and that's fundamentally the problem we have a completely broken system and it will always be broken as long as we continue to vest authority in Washington DC instead of allowing 50 different states. That's the advantage America has over all these other countries all over the world is we have 50 different governments who can make decisions and we can learn from each other without having to, you know, secede. Nah. And we're not taking advantage of that. No, nah, we just jump on the phone and say, hey, what are you guys doing up in Massachusetts? All right, we'll do it down here too. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it's done. So. That's how it's done. Uh, all right, we are we are going long. So I want to thank everybody for joining us for this episode of the In The Tank podcast. Join us every week for a new episode of the show. Those of us, those of you that are listening to the show, the audio version of the show, you're probably catching this on a Friday or later. You can join us a day earlier on Thursdays at noon where we are live streaming this noon central time on rumble and youtube and twitter and uh you can join the conversation throw your comments and questions in the chat maybe we'll show your comments on the screen maybe we'll maybe we'll address your questions on the fly those that are listening to this on itunes leave us a review it'd be a great help it helps spread the podcast and those that are watching make sure to hit that like button hit that share button subscribe if you haven't already or just leave a comment under the video all helps break through those big tech algorithms that prevent content like this from being shown to more people Jim Lakely, where can the fine people find you? At Jay Lakely on Twitter, at Heartland Inst on Twitter, and always visit heartland.org. Fantastic. Justin Haskins, same question. Uh, at Justin T. Haskins on Twitter, Facebook, Getter, and uh, head on over to justinhaskins.com and stoppingsocialism.com as well. Fantastic. Chris Talgo, what do you have to pitch today? Heartland.org and stoppingsocialism.com. 
All right. Fantastic. Thank you all for joining us. We will talk to you next week. What we should really do right now, guys, do not listen to the Emma Tank podcast. It is a dangerous show of dangerous men with some dangerous malarkey, and I do not stand for it. All right. Where's my vice president, Condoleezza Rice? Guys, do not listen to me. (laughs) 